Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Scratching the Surface podcast. I am your host, Austin Douglas, and today we're going to talk about something that you might not be aware of, and I certainly wasn't aware of it until I saw it in a local Facebook group. And this is something that affects all of us that are business owners, and if you decide to do door-to-door sales or door hanger marketing or anything of that sort, and it's probably going to surprise you. It really surprised me, and you know, it's... (laughs) It was a kind of a shock and it has, it involves, you know, potential fines and also even potential jail time. So we'll get into that here in a minute. Um, first things first, you know, if you have not downloaded the uh, poison Ivy field guide, I highly recommend it. You'll find that down in the description below. Same thing. We have a, a free poison Ivy presentation. If you want to learn about poison Ivy, you can find that down there also in the description below. And then we also have a couple of, uh, affiliate links. One to company cam as a, like a referral link, which if you listen to my podcast, you know, a couple podcasts ago, I have became a really good fan of company cam just because it immediately brought me ROI. So, you know, just a few things that I want to take care of. You know, I want you guys to be safe. I want you to know how to identify poison Ivy. I highly recommend a bare minimum to download the field guide. So that way you can print it out, keep it in the truck and your guys, your crews can be safe out there. You can be safe out there and they can know how to identify it so they can avoid it. All right. Now that that is over, what did I learn about door hangers and door-to-door sales and marketing? Well, I learned that there are cities that have ordinances for peddlers and solicitors, and that's something I was completely unaware of. It stemmed from a Facebook uh, post in a local group near me, And there was a young man who walked up to a door and obviously everybody's got, you know, ring doorbells or camera doorbells. Everyone has cameras nowadays. And that's something that you should be aware of. If you're not, everyone has cameras all over their property all the time. It's something you can't get away from. But anyway, this young man goes to the store, rings the doorbell, and he starts looking around like this little entryway. It's a covered entryway. And he's looking around, he's pointing at things. And this lady you know, she said, should I be concerned with this guy? What's going on? And to me, it looked like it was a a young salesman, right? He was out there doing sales based on where he was pointing. It looked like he might've been pointing to cobwebs or maybe entryways. It looked like he was trying to sell pest control services. And, you know, to me, it's like, well, the guy's just, you know, a sales, a salesman trying to do his job. He's trying to sell you services because he might notice things. It did look a little choreographed. I'm not going to lie to you. Like this guy had been taught to do this and point like this and act like this. But overall, I mean, he was just he was just doing a sales script trying to sell stuff. Now, the homeowner did not answer the door, didn't ask. They just went straight to Facebook and said, should I be concerned? Okay, that's the backstory of this. And, you know, I made a comment and said, well, it just looks like he's trying to sell you pest control services based on where he's pointing, and I wouldn't read too much into it. And then somebody commented and said, well, if he doesn't have a peddler solicitor's permit, then what he's doing is illegal. And... He could face fines or jail time. Whoa, fines or jail time for knocking on a door and trying to sell something? And so I commented back. I said, I didn't even realize that was a thing. And I started to look into all these ordinances and all these local areas to me. Did you know that there was ordinances for peddlers and solicitors? If you're out there passing out flyers or passing out door hangers or knocking on doors? I certainly didn't. You know, this is my fourth year in business and I just learned this. No one ever told me this. Even when I worked for the previous company, when we would hang out, hand out door hangers, 
I was never told about this. So it's like, could I have been fined? Like what? I mean, (laughs) I don't know what to think of that. Part of me says it's a little ridiculous because you're just out there trying to sell services to feed your family. And what's wrong with that? The other part of me says, well, it's a safety factor. So that way the police know and the community knows who's out there. Because a part of the application to be out there peddling services or soliciting services is you have to go get a background check and you have to submit an application. You have to have your ID on file along with your background check and then you get your permit, which, you know, part of me says, well, that's kind of smart. You know, it's not really the American dream, so to say, because, you know, you're not out there able to sell services. The government basically took a permission of you walking door to door to sell services and feed your family. And now they say you have to pay to do that. So part of me doesn't like it, but the other part of me understands it as far as a safety factor. So, but did you know that? And so I started looking into all these different cities around me that I was planning on doing my door hanger marketing, right? Because in the earlier podcast, if you've heard this, um, we purchased a lot of door hangers to hand out and I was all gun ho. We were getting ready. And then I read this and it made me question, what am I doing? You know, is it worth it to go hand out door hangers or should I just do uh, like postcard marketing campaigns, direct door mail? There's something about doing door hangers and there's something about writing down physical quotes for people that's different than postcard marketing. But it really, I'm looking at it and it really all depends on the city. A local city to me, which is called Grand Blank, uh, they charge $200 a month per person that's out there soliciting or peddling $200 a month per person. So you have to get like a super strong ROI in that area, right? They made it to the point where it's like, if you want to do this, you're going to have to pay. Now in this particular area where the, the Facebook comment was on, um, they charge $90 per person for six months, which that's a little bit more reasonable. And on top of that, they have a, a larger area a lot more homes. There's a lot more money in that area. So it's, it's kind of confusing, to be honest. It's like, well, one area clearly does not want you to be out there soliciting or peddling. And that's why they priced it at $200 a month. But another area, you know, with more money, more houses, they charge $90 for six months. So I don't know where they're getting these numbers as far as how to charge. But it was something that was blowing my mind as far as what I was reading. Now, inherently... If you look at $200 a month or $90 for six months, where are you going to go market? I mean, it just makes sense, right? When you break down $90 for six months, what's that come out to? That's stupidly cheap. Let's just do the math here while we're live. 90 divided by six. You're talking $15 a month per person to be able to go market in that city. That's a massive discrepancy. I mean, gigantic. So where would you go market? Obviously where it's cheaper. You know, that's where I would go. And I wanted to bring this to your attention because who out there, I'm sure, I I don't know. I can't say I'm sure, but I'm pretty sure that most of us out there have marketed, done door-to-door sales, knocked on doors, passed out flyers, passed up, you know, postcards, door hangers. Did you even know that you were potentially breaking the law? Like who advertises that that's a law. And I know it's really interesting. Ignorance is, 
you know, no excuse for the law, right? So we have to know these things. But when does a business owner have time to look up the ordinances for every single city that they work in? I mean, it's next to impossible, right? On a given day, more than likely, we are breaking ordinances out there. Same thing with you guys. You're probably breaking ordinances of some sort out there. But it's just, what? Who? How? The only reason I found out about this information was a Facebook post because somebody had mentioned it. And so now we're re-evaluating on whether or not we want to go pass out door hangers. We're still going to, but obviously we're going to go to the area where it's $90 for six months versus $200 a month. The thing about that is that the $200 a month is closer than the $90 a month. So, or I'm sorry, $90 for six months. So there's a, there's a balance, right? You know, maybe it's worth it to pay $200 for a month and go pass out a thousand door hangers and get the return that you want. But if you're paying $90 for six months, you can go pass out a thousand door hangers for six months each month and probably get an even larger return on investment. At least that's the idea. But I just, have you guys ever heard of this? I mean, I was blown away when I read that. Absolutely blown away. Who who in their right mind says that you have to have permission to go knock on doors and talk to people? That just seems so silly to me. But at the same time, it, there was like, it was like a $500 fine per door that you did this at. If you didn't have a permit. And then there was also like a 90 day maximum jail sentence. Like ridiculous stuff. Who goes to jail for 90 days for knocking on doors trying to feed their family? Like if I was in jail, okay, for knocking on doors to try and feed my family, I would hope that like people would riot outside of the jail because that is just absurd. I would hope that the cops and the correctional officers would be like, you're in here for what? Like get out of here. You shouldn't even be in here. Like, you got a murderer next to you. You got a rapist next to you. Like, get out of here, dude. You're just trying to feed your family. Like, that is just an absurd law and rule in my mind. I I can't even fathom it. <laughs> I can't even fathom it. But it's a pay-to-play system. So if you want to play, you got to pay. And that's how it's always been. And that's likely how it will always will be. It's unfortunate, but that's that's the world that we're in. <sighs> so I had to get that off my chest because that's that's insanity. I mean, don't you guys agree that that's just absolutely insane? You're just to, just to try and feed your family, you could be fine and go to jail. I found that to be just ludicrous. I know I've said that a lot, but it blows my mind. Other than that, uh, let's see here. The weather is changing, which is awesome. Next week, we're going to have an explosion of mosquitoes. Plants are going to be uh, in full swing, which is awesome. Uh, I'm recording this. Let's see here. What day is it? This is uh, May 3rd. Not May 4th, but May 3rd. Tomorrow, this week was actually all rain and nasty and cold. And tomorrow we will be having uh, a very busy day with spruce treatments. 
So we have two spruce injection treatments. We have one foliar application. And then we also have a root collar excavation that we have to go to. So tomorrow should be actually a pretty good day. And then Friday, I'll probably send my technician out to throw down yard signs. Every year we have like this massive uh, garage sale thing that happens. And that's scheduled for this upcoming weekend. Actually, when this releases, it'll be the previous weekend. So that's going to happen. And then, uh, you know, hopefully people start calling when they see those signs. And then what else? Um, yeah, just hanging out, man. Wife's getting checked out. Uh, over the weekend, I'll be going up to my mother's house to do some work on a large, large oak tree. I'll probably post some videos on that on YouTube. So if you want to see that, we're going to start posting content on YouTube. And that's just, you know, get to know me more, get to know what we're doing, get to see what we're doing, why we're doing it, things of that nature. But it's uh, it's good. It's all good. You know, you got to help mama. You always got to help mama because they're not around forever. So you got to do what you got to do. And so we're doing what we got to do. You know what I'm saying? But it's, uh, it's good. Today I went and picked up some products. Had to pick up some more tree injection materials. And they have like this really stupidly expensive water. Like if you guys ever thought that buying Essentia water or Voss water was expensive, you have no idea. For tree injections, they have like their own proprietary bottles with their proprietary nozzles and how they connect. And for 120 milliliters of water, it's $10. Yes, I did a long pause on purpose. 120 milliliters of water for $10. These guys are making hand over fist money selling water. Like honestly, and they're selling products all across the country. So next time you go to buy an Essentia, just remember that. Like, it could be worse. It could be worse. <laughs> I personally wish I would have thought of that. I'm not going to lie. So, but yeah, I didn't. So I can't, and I won't make the money on it. Other than that, um, some recent developments for me. Um, we are going to start a... What's it called? It's called the Registered Pesticide Applicator Training Program through the state. And I've looked into this. And I'm, I'll dive deeper into that in uh, probably in the next episode because there's there's a lot to cover in that. And it involves, a, I don't want to say a lot, but a decent amount of stuff. But it's also going to make it easier to obtain workers. Right now, it's it's difficult in Michigan in the pesticide industry to acquire workers because it's not like landscaping, it's not like tree work, it's not, you know, cutting lawns, mowing. It's different because you have to handle chemicals, and the state wants you licensed to handle those chemicals. And the licensing, the testing, the studying, it's it's a lot if you've never been exposed to this stuff. You know, I think the exam to get like the generalized uh, national core and then the categories we have in the state, you have to read and study probably 600 pages of material. And you think about that. If you've never been in this industry before and you're like, hey, I want to come work for you. Oh, awesome. Well, you have to become a certified applicator. Oh, how do I do that? Here's 600 pages you have to read and know. Immediately, you're going to look at that and go, I'm not doing that. Why would I do that? That's hard. Right. People don't want to do hard things, but that's hard. And they just immediately shut off. 
Some people's way of learning is not through reading. Some people have to learn with hands-on. And it's very, very different and difficult. And it, it needs to be fixed. And I think this is the way that the state's trying to fix it. Um, the registered applicator program is basically the state approves a trainer, which would be me. I'm going to go in and I have to take an exam. I think it's really weird. It's like a Zoom exam. It's not that many questions either. It's 25 questions on this 70-page manual. So who knows what the questions are going to be about, but it's probably going to be fairly simple, 25 questions. You just can't get that many wrong. But you have to pass the exam to become a certified trainer. And then you have to create a training program that you submit to the state. They overlook it. And then they uh, approve it. So I have to go and create a program and submit it to the state after I take that, get approved. And then now just the pesticide applicators that we hire have to pass the commercial core and we can train them on the categories. So we can do hands-on training, which is super cool. It's going to, I'm pretty sure it's going to change the game as far as hiring people because now it's like, okay, we're going to study this book together for a week or so, however long it takes. And then you're going to go take the exam. Once you pass the exam, then we'll start working on the categories and we'll do a two-week training. Also, what's really cool about being a registered applicator is that they can work for two weeks while training, applying pesticides, and they don't have to have necessarily like their license or their approval, so to say. But it's, you know, I was talking to the gentleman who runs the program and he said there's only 50 companies in the state that have a program like this. So I'll be like 51, you know. I think there's like almost 2,000 companies or more. I think there's more in the state. So to be 50 out of the, you know, within the top 100 of companies that have adopted this, that's pretty cool. The one drawback with it is that uh, it's essentially the liability of the applicator falls on the trainer, which is something that makes me nervous. But at the same time, I can create a system within our company that teaches people the correct way to do things. And then we'll also have a system and basically uh, you have to do this or not to where in a year's time, you're going to have to become certified and you assume the liability because you're the certified applicator. You're not just registered. But within a year, giving giving someone a year to study material, 600 pages of material versus, you know, having to do that within weeks is very, very different. And I'm very understanding of that. And plus, if you can go out in the field and you can apply what you do out in the field to what you're reading, it becomes a lot easier to learn because you're getting hands on experience. So that's a new development. That's I actually I stayed up till. Oh, probably one o'clock last night reading the manual. I read it from cover to cover and you know, it's relatively simple. How I always study is I always read things once just to get an overview of what they're talking about. And then I go back through and I find very important points that they're probably going to want me to remember like principles or strategies or why or this or that. But the first time is just to get the overview feel of what they're talking about. Because when you get the overview feel of what they're talking about, now you can start to pinpoint the important areas because all of it's not, I don't want to say it's not important, but all of it's not what they're going to test you on. So that's, that's what we're doing. 
And I don't know, I'll probably get that done in like a week before the actual season starts. So that way, if we really start to ramp up on work, I can implement this almost immediately. And that's the goal is to be able to implement it immediately. If we have to make, you know, really strong pivots, if we have to acquire new trucks, if we have to letter those trucks, that's when, you know, I'm going to have to have some sort of systems in place to train people quickly. The easiest way to train people in in our business is for mosquitoes and probably fertilizing, but fertilizing, you don't need a license. And I know we went from door hangers and jail to how to create systems on training in the same podcast. Can you believe that? But we really didn't even dive like deep into what this manual is all about. So it's a, you know, I'll dive deeper into that probably in the next podcast. I was picked up new new reading material. I, I don't know if you guys are readers out there, but uh, I picked up a 700. Let's see how many pages this is. A 792 page book. And it's called The Landscape Below Ground 4. Proceedings of the 4th International Workshop on Tree Root Development in Urban Soils. Edited by Gary Watson, Edward Gilman, Jason Meisbauer, Justin Morganroth, and Bryant Scherenbrock. Scherenbrock. But this is a massive book that's all about roots and root development. And because we're going to be doing a lot of air spade work in the future, I want to understand more about roots and what's going on and why. Um, and how to remediate issues and, and just know the material, right? Because that's a... That's very, very important. You know, I think in a previous podcast, we talked about there's seasons in life and in business where you dial in on technical information and then you dial in on uh, business information. And sometimes the business information is technical, but sometimes the technical knowledge is actually what you're doing. And doing air spade work, it's, it's on the advanced side of tree work. And I'm not saying pruning is not or removal is not. There's definitely advanced steps and skill sets within that. But doing root work, I mean, you're you're affecting essentially the brain of the tree, the roots of the brain. Without the roots, the tree dies. If you can cut down a tree essentially and leave the root system, and the root system will regrow a tree on some varieties, most varieties. So we're trying to do brain surgery, man. But yeah, so 700 pages of light reading to make sure that I understand what I'm doing. Picked up some kids' books. Uh, there's a couple of Dr. Seuss books. Picked these up for my son. He's He's been loving reading. Um, in the morning now, he'll pick up books and he'll just run to us and be like, read this, book, book, book. And so I picked up the Lorax and then I also picked up a Dr. Seuss book that says, I can name 50 trees today. So we'll see if he likes those. But yeah, so super exciting. You know, life's moving forward. Weather's gonna get good. Things are all good. Um, like I said, just studying, doing last minute things, getting ready to unleash a massive uh, referral program in within the company. Uh, probably, I don't know, next week I'll unleash that. And basically what we're going to do is we're going to give away a Blackstone grill. And how we're going to operate that is so epic. I can't wait to talk about it. Um, I'll leave it for the next one. Okay, we'll talk about a little bit more of the training program and then also the Blackstone Grill referral program. 
can't wait. We'll see. I'm excited. It's a, again, it's a test. It's a test to see if people are interested in that. You have to test things and you have to see how, what's the return on it. You know, if I do a referral program that says we're going to give this away to the top referrer by July 4th, you know, clock's ticking, starts now, go. If you, if you start to see a massive wave of calls coming in and they're all referrals, well, obviously it's working, right? And if you spend, you know, $500 on a Blackstone grill to give away and you in turn get $20,000 worth of work, was it worth it to get the Blackstone and, and give it away for free? Absolutely. So I'm excited to try it. You know, essentially we just need 10 calls in order for it to be a, a net zero. And that's if nobody has any, any work done, they just get an inspection or they just get one single mosquito application. If we get one poison Ivy job out of it at $595, the grill's paid for. So beyond $500, in my opinion, the grill's paid for. And after that, it's all profit from a very simple marketing strategy, utilizing our client list within it. I know I kind of just already talked about it. You guys just got a golden nugget that I'm about to do. I didn't even have to break out another podcast for it. Well, I mean, I guess I could because there's all like the tracking features and how I'm going to do it, how I'm going to operate it, things like that. So we might dive into it a little bit later. All right. But I hope you got some value out of this podcast. We're getting closer to a half an hour. And to be honest, I got some work I got to do. So I'm going to go do that. Hope you guys are crushing it. Hope you're out there doing very, very well. Living your best life. Living your dream building your life for your family and hope your business is successful. So other than that, I'm going to let you go. Don't forget to grab the field guide on your way out of here. If you haven't already or watch your poison Ivy presentation, you know, it's free, man. All it takes is submitting your name, email. You get a 45 minute presentation. It's a PowerPoint. You know, you might be like, Oh God, a PowerPoint. This is boring, but you're going to learn a lot. I'm, I'm not going to lie. If you don't know about poison Ivy, you will learn a lot on how to identify it. Uh, I think I'm going to do probably a live presentation here this month. I don't know when, but I always find it relevant. And I want to start doing these live presentations just to, you know, get people aware. Because right now is the time where people are going to start working outside. They're going to get itchy and it's not good. And it's because they couldn't identify it. So stay tuned for that announcement. And then uh, we'll go live with that. And I hope to see you there. So other than that. Take care and God bless.